them when I said I was ready. Why would you do that to me, G-Mike? Wait, are we actually live? All right, let's give the people a minute to join us. Usually, you know, we throw up the bat signal. We let people know that they're live. And then they start showing up in masses. And then right when they show up, the screen goes black. But it's already back. G-Mike, how's it going? Welcome back to the podcast. It's nice to have you here with me. Nice to be here, Robert. I feel like we're going to get into a good rhythm. I like it. I like it. Week three. Week three? It's only a matter of time before we go daily at 8 a.m. That's the dream, buddy. A lot of people do say I have morning zoo energy, so. Yeah, I want to I want to do a daily show while people are driving in the mornings, taking calls. Nice. And we'll have people put bumper stickers on their cars to win prizes. I want to wake up with people in the morning and yell into their ears the news of the day so that they're like, they just show up to work already exhausted and pissed off about everything. I mean, it's kind of what you're doing now, just at night. But it's at night, and so like they can kind they of cool down, bed. they get to have a drink, they get to go to bed. I want to ruin people's entire days. I don't want to just bring them bad news at you the want evening. To start early, I, get I want to, I want them to st like start your day with bad news. Like no that's, recovery, downhill from there. Well, no, it's not. Or maybe it's all uphill from there. I could be like your morning coffee. You get fucking juice stuff. Like I'm giving you this juice. I'm fucking yelling at you. I'm letting you know it's serious. You better show up to your job with urgency and you better make some money because it's collapsing tomorrow. So you better have some fucking squirrelings for it. Squirrelings are better words for savings. That's my new thing. Squirrelings? Squirrelings. Squirrels. Oh, like putting it away. I yeah, get yeah. it. I got that immediately. I mean, I scroll, I scroll uh, food under my mattress. Just in case. I scroll just food in my pockets. Do you really? Yeah, yeah, like the snacks here or whatever. Like if I know I'm going for a walk, I'll, I'll take a snack with just, me. Just, just for a short One walk? One for the road, yeah. Exactly. Make sure you're not two blocks away and hungry. <laughs> 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 All right. We got some people hanging out. We do. We got XFD. We've got uh, B and Ben say hello from Houston. What's up, dudes? They're going to be headed to the show uh, in a minute. And uh, that is a fine time for us to get started on the episode. And thank you to our loyal sponsors, Yo Kratom and Yo Delta, for those over the age of 21. And Sheath, all fine products. And, of course, I got tour dates, RobbieTheFire.com slash shows. And, you know, show up with your Yo Delta, your Yo Kratom, and your Sheath, and then you don't get free tickets, but you're ready to party. If you got all those three things, dude, you're in fucking party mode. If you're wearing sheath underwear, you've you've come with your deltas and your kratoms. You're ready for skank fest. I mean, you're ready for it. Like you could be going to a fucking funeral. You're gonna enjoy yourself. Your balls are gonna be supported, and you're gonna be in a good mood. So that that's just a way to go through life. All right, my G Mike is with me. Let's get right into the news. First article of the day. Pull it up for me, G Mike. We have Elon Musk pulling the ultimate troll move. I don't know if you guys saw this, but they always like to claim that if they just took a little bit of wealth. From the wealthiest of individuals, that's it. They could solve all the world's problems. It would be done. And so Elon Musk, I love it when somebody calls people on their bluff, but he called them on their bluffs. They said that if Elon Musk gave up just 2% of his wealth, that's it. They could solve all the global hunger forever. No one would ever go hungry again. And Elon Musk said, all right, if that's true, you got it. I will sell out of my positions. I don't care if it's going to affect everyone who's got stock options and Tesla. That's it. I will sell out. I will give you 2% of my wealth, which I believe comes out to about $6 billion. And that's it. Let's solve global warming right now. He goes, right now, You, if you can tweet to me exactly how 2% of my wealth solves world hunger and you will uh, be willing to do public accounting of this, I will do it. And guess what? You think they responded to that? Well, they did, but they changed their claim because obviously 2% of Elon Musk's wealth does not just solve world hunger. That would not be the end of world hunger. But God bless Elon Musk for calling their bluff and willing to put $6 billion on the line. I respect it. I still think he, it might be nice for him just to still give that money to charity, just even though it won't solve world hunger. But it, it can probably feed some people. 
give some people snacks for while they go across the street, <laughs> live that G Mike lifestyle. All right. It's not always just across the street. You're kind of like painting a narrative now. <laughs> <laughs> All right. But we've got the World Forum for everything that's going on with global warming. And uh, why don't we take a look at our president? And, uh, you know, global warming, this is a serious issue. The world is going to end in just a matter of minutes. And G Mike, roll the tape for them. And you'll notice how attentive our president is to the fact that the world is going to end in just a couple days. I mean, Bernie said the world is going to end tomorrow. Everyone, no more electricity. The world is going to end. We got to do something yesterday. It might even be too late. But there you see it. I don't know if maybe it's not full screen enough, but Biden's asleep. Biden is so alarmed about the planet coming to an end, he can't even stay awake for the meeting but to be fair he did just have he just shat his pants you know shitting your pants is exhausting i don't know if you've had that happen to you as an adult but you know it's not like being a little kid it's not like somebody just comes along and change your diaper it's a real cleanup operation and by the way i'm uh i don't want to uh you know i don't want to anger the bowel god so until there's evidence until i see that stained diaper i'm not sure that i'm willing to accept that biden actually shat himself I've screamed and hollered too much that I'm looking for evidence of the fact that people actually need to take vaccines. So I feel like I, I'm, I'm, I'm towing a hard line here of requiring evidence. You can quit playing the thing. Unless, uh, were those people applauding me? Did you bring in an audience so that I would feel even more confident in what I'm trying to They're talk just about? They're happy he's awake, I think. They're, oh, that he woke back up. It's like they got together and just to uh, applaud him for waking back up. Gee, Mike, do you think the president actually shat, shat his pants? What do you What's your takeaway on that story? I mean, we've all shat our pants. I, do I think you specifically shat it the other day? When's the last time you shat your pants? Uh, definitely as an adult, probably drunk. I used to drink a lot, so I assume one of those days. But that's more like I couldn't control my bowels because I was so shit-faced. Right, but how recently? A decade ago. Oh, so it's I mean, that's, that's, that's a pretty good run. But as you get older, it's going to start happening a little more again. Yeah. I expect, I expect that wasn't my last shit pants. When was the last time you had to just, like, take a shit in the park type moment? Like you, you, you ate a few too many candy bars on the way out from Gas Digital. You thought you were hungry. Okay. I, I, is this going to be the thing? Because I, I won't share anymore. <laughs> All right. So first is you would think for a crisis as terrible as global warming, they would get better speakers than whatever that boring twink was. Uh, but then also, you know, what, uh, G Mike, can you pull back up the video for uh, for a quick second? You would also think like that looks like a classroom UN assembly. You would think that the president would get a nicer chair than just being stuffed in with these other middle-aged women. You know, you would think like that's the president. He's here listening to this super important issue. You would think they would give him nicer accommodations. That's like holiday in hotel room conference. I would expect more. What do you think, G Mike? I think it, he probably likes it. Old people like uncomfortable chairs. Ooh, that's a hot take. Like, that's why old people have rocking chairs. They specific because that's how they stay awake is only if they're uncomfortable. Like they, exactly. Once you're over 60, you sit on a recliner. You're, you're gone done. For the night. That's it. That's nap you're time. You're going to bed. So if anything, he messed up because that chair was too comfortable for him. That's 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 a hot take. I like that. That's not bad. G Mike. No, I think, uh, you know, people of class and importance like this, they usually uh, they have nice chairs and they fly in private jets, which, of course, is the constant lasting irony of all these global elites these hollywood people yelling and hollering about how the planet's going to end uh gee mike pull up the article it's the next article it's right there but we've got uh i think there were 60 private jets that came 
that they all wanted to be there in person. No one wanted to watch this thing from this cat from their couches. They wanted to let you know how much they cared. 400 jets, 400 people said, listen, if we're going to solve global warming, I got to burn some jet fuel and be there myself. If we're all going to pretend to care about something that's really a non-issue, I want to pay tribute and I want to be there. And so 400 wealthy people got into their private jets, which I believe is a pretty inefficient usage of full fuel. I mean, you really want to show that you care about the, pri the, the, the planet, you fucking shove into coach with everybody else. That's what I say. You, 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 take your, you, you take that knapsack because you're too cheap to pay for the one bag that Southwest won't let you have. You, you stuff a week's like worth of clothing. Me this whole I'm not. No, this is on me that I was too cheap to buy a fucking bag for us. Oh, I did the crack. same thing. That's why <laughs> I know I got to buy a bag. There's no way I'm getting by on uh, on four days of a single backpack. I'm just bringing an insane clown posse t-shirt. And that's I'm it. You're not even going to shower. You're you, like, you I'm don't want to change it once you put it on. You know? Are you going to bring your makeup too? No, no, not for this. It's going to be hot. I don't want to sweat it all off. Probably. I think if you're like, you're just committing to one t-shirt for four days and it's ICP, you got to go with a makeup. But first day and then leave it there for the, no matter what happens. All right. Let me ask you this. Four. If you show up in your ICP, like, you know, fully decked out. The, okay. What do you think? Do you think there's going to be more men who were full ICP makeup or attractive single women at Skankfest? If it's just me wearing the ICP makeup, there will be more men in ICP makeup <laughs> than attractive women at Skagfest. I said it. All right. So there's the Global Warming Summit, and I almost feel like this is the cult leader who's constantly going, it's here, it's really here. And uh, this was one of my favorite quotes from the, it was the guy who opened up the entire summit, and he was trying to say that this is the last best hope. Which to me, that's like right out of Star Wars, where if the Princess Leia is calling up Obi-Wan Kenobi and she's like, Obi-Wan, you're just one of my last couple options. That's how serious this is. And that's how scientific they've gotten, where they've crunched the numbers and they know that they're, like, they're, they're, they're pessimistic about future hope. Like they don't think things could go well in the future, but, but in, the, in the present, this is the best opportunity for hope. Science won't get better. So there's going to be no secondary opportunity for be, being hopeful. But right now, if we really get together, we hold our hands in prayer, and, we, and we're really hopeful right now, this is going to be our last best opportunity. There might be other opportunities. Any of this sound scientific to you? Does that sound scientific to you, Mr. G. Mike? Does that sound like scientists who have crunched the numbers? I trust the science. You trust the science. They, they sat down. I mean, hope is a tricky science. All I want to put forward is if they're going to formally close the hope store, if they're going to say that this is the last opportunity for hope, then I feel like if we blow this moment, I don't want to hear about a second reunion tour on hope. You know what I mean? It's like when the stones get up and they go, this is the last tour. And so everyone goes, ah, shit, this is my last time to see these people. And they show up. I don't want to hear about a second fucking reunion tour. You told me it's the last one. So I feel like we should hold these motherfuckers to this. If they want to get up there and say, this is the last opportunity for hope. I don't want to be a part of the second best opportunity for, you know what I mean? I don't want to have to put all my efforts into what's not the best opportunity. So I feel like at least we should uh, hold them to their words. And if you want to talk about holding them to their words, you can pull up that Week magazine article that said that it is guaranteed that sea levels are going to already rise. You got the article for me? You're, uh, I think you're going the wrong way. I think it's to the left of that one. I think it was prior to this. There you go. It's right there. I was a little bit out of order. That one's on me, G Mike, but let's read the headline. Sea levels already guaranteed to rise by five feet, climate scientists say. And I'm I'm calling bullshit. I'm calling one of th two things. Either five feet doesn't make a fucking difference and it's an irrelevant number, 
or that this is not guaranteed. And let's start keeping a list. Let's start keeping a list of these bold ass claims so that the like, let's force these guys to be the cult leaders when they say that the world's going to end. And then all of a sudden it's the next day. You know, you know, who's that? And that happened to recently, Mike Lindell, Mike Lindell was saying that come August, they will approve the election fraud and they still haven't proved the fucking election fraud, but he's still out there selling my pillows. They always, they always hit this moment, right? Where like, and they somehow, they always twist it, you know, like you would think that they're dead to rights. He claimed it was going to happen and it didn't happen. But the cult leaders, they always seem to like spin it where people don't just give up on them. Yeah, like the end of the world guys who have yeah. done it like 11 times by now. And it's like, how are you wrong every time? Man? I guess they're just, they get, you know what? You get better at practicing selling it. And once a sucker, always a sucker. That's what it is in sales. Like, you know, if someone buys from you once, they're the most likely to buy from you again. So even if you're proven wrong, I don't know what the fuck I'm talking about. But I, I felt like it kind of made sense. All right. So first is I'm saying I don't think this is true. I don't believe that uh, any of this global warming is true in any capacity whatsoever. And even if they make the adjustments, it's not going to matter. Now you can go to that article that we have with the uh, the dude from India. What's his name? Uh I never forget. I never remember his name. Do you do you know what uh, Maduro? No, that's uh whatever. Anyways, what you see here, uh, can you go up to the the headline for me, Mister G? Mike, India sets twenty seven as target for net zero carbon emissions. Now you think when twenty seventy comes around, India is going to hold themselves do that, Mister Mike? You think that's an honest target by India? <laughs> if if I was the one saying it, I wouldn't give a shit. Right. I think what he's saying is, listen, you guys go first. You guys want to reduce all your carbon emissions, quit growing as a country, and you know make oil and coal cheaper for the rest so of us. He's intentionally throwing it fifty years in the future. Yeah, that's what he's like, saying. Of course, he's like, so listen, when no one does it, he could be like, well, I'm not going to be the first one. Now. Yeah, he goes, hey, listen, you guys get started, and if you guys actually get to zero, forty years after you get to zero, we'll do it also. Bullshit. And you know what else? Guess who didn't show up for this carbon summit? Guess who didn't even show up for? It? You want to take a guess? Uh, would I say Biden, maybe? No, Biden no. was there. Oh, good guy. Full of poopy pants. No, it was China and Russia. I don't oh, believe was that showed him sleeping up. At the... So, yeah, that yeah, was him yeah, asleep. Yeah. It. So you take China and Russia out. Do you think it matters if everyone else goes to zero? Gee, Mike, you know nothing about this. If China, Russia, and India are not setting emission targets that they're going to reduce their emissions in any capacity, do you think it matters if the entire rest of the world went to zero tomorrow there's not much of the entire rest of the world without the, those three countries well there's there is a lot of there's a lot of other countries but at that point it doesn't fucking matter so you know what it is we're punishing ourselves for no reason it will do zero to help the climate except it's going to have people not be able to afford gas not be able to afford heat it is worthless it is literally worthless even if they were to hit all of their targets if these other countries are going to participate and so now I want to read you a piece from this uh, uh, from the Wall Street Journal. Uh, if you can pull up the article, it's the next thing I believe on my list. I'm going to read you guys a little bit of a piece from this. This is in the opinion section. The commitments of developing countries are even flimsier and depend on bribes from the rich. Skipping ahead. Rich countries first made... The 100 billion pledge in 2009, but the money still hasn't appeared. Taxpayers in rich economies will be even less willing to sacrifice their own cash for the climate when they realize who isn't coming to the COP26, Vladimir Putin of Russia and China's Xi Jinping. In other words, we're going to make sacrifices and no one else will. 
Mr. Z promised in 2020 to reduce climate emissions, but only after 2030. In the here and now, China is building more coal-powered plants because growing the economy is a far higher priority. The Kremlin's budget, they know that we're not going to contribute to uh, gain-of-function research, and so they're going to need their own funds if they want to create deadly viruses. So, you know, they're not slowing down their economy. Here we go. Economy is a far higher priority. The Kremlin's budget floats on oil and gas production, and Mr. Putin won't mind if Western Europe goes to net zero. He'll then have en more energy leverage. Leaders of other big CO2 emitters, such as the world number three India, will be in Glasgow, but might as well not be. Delhi's environment minister suggested this week that his government won't sign up for net zero with several hundred million Indians still living in poverty. India needs more energy from fossil fuels, as does Africa. The climate confab could still do some harm with what will be a new focus on private business. A special obsession is regulation to coerce banks and other financial institutions to impose a green agenda via their lending and investment decisions. We've talked about it here before. COVID is over. We, it is the dawn of ESG and fears about climates and everything that we would never be able to pass into law. Everything that nobody would support, no one would be okay with is going to be just institutionalized uh, by the Federal Reserve, by BlackRock and by the other firms in Wall Street who will pretend like they care about woke culture, that they pretend about the environment, that they care about pr promoting women. And it's all 100% bullshit. The banks don't care about anything but their own profits. They never have. They never will. At least in a capitalist society, it's fine because then, you know, they're moving capital around. They're actually helping the systems. But when they're just rigging the game for their own profit, nobody wins. Right. If anything, they're just removing competition for their own benefit. And that's what's going to happen here. They're going to step in and they they found a good grift here. They said, listen, we understand the climate's warming, but voters, they're too stupid. Businesses are too stupid. Even go look, there was a great video with Jim Jordan where he was, uh, you know, he was talking about how we've become energy efficient over, um, you know, a year ago we were exporting gas and shit and now we're running so low on it. Your gas prices are going up. But he was interviewing, you know, the, some of the people who were uh, in charge of these companies. And uh, guess what? Emissions are naturally down. The corporations, they have an interest in having, you know, less CO2. They're doing this stuff on their own. Even look at CO2 in the atmosphere over the last, like it, there, it has been reduced. Oh my God. You know what? I'm, I'm going too down the rabbit hole of bullshit. I'm jumping ahead of myself here. And I was just trying to read this article. And what I was trying to say with this article, let's continue. I'm, 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 I'm losing my focus here because I'm getting, I'm getting heated by the bullshit. But what I was trying to just point out is that this is all a racket of ESG scores, but let's continue with this. COP26 will devote a full day to the subject on Wednesday, and the world central banks are already moving to make climate part of their monetary and regulatory decisions. This has a potential to misallocate scarce investments into boondoggles and corporate welfare schemes. In this sense, COP26 is coming for your pension fund and employer, even if it doesn't claim your tax money. The summit underscores the disconnect between the rhetoric over climate and what the world's publics are willing to do about it. Climateers adopt the rhetoric of the apocalypse even as they consume fossil fuels as before because they know modern society and development require it. The climate is warmed by 1.1 degrees Celsius since the 19th um, century, but the amount of the future warming is uncertain. So is the potential damage as the UN's Intergovernmental Panel on Climate Change said this summer. The world's climateers could do everyone, including themselves, a favor if they stop pretending they can alter the climate and thought more about adaptation and energy innovation. Alas, it's easier to make false promises and demand income redistribution. So let's just take away the key parts of this article. This author is very right. You guys can go read this in your own time. One, 
Anything we do, I don't think will make any impact whatsoever, because even if there was this horrible climate problem that was being driven by CO2, which I don't believe there is, and we can get into that at another juncture in time, maybe even later in this episode, but it doesn't matter if India and China and Russia aren't going to contribute. We can do everything we want in the world. We're basically just seeding economic growth to those countries. We're going, we're going to punish people in our countries, and we're going to punish the poor and other countries that are willing to be compliant with this racket. And really, all it is is going to line the profit of people on Wall Street who have made investments that otherwise wouldn't be profitable unless they can legislate things that all of a sudden windmills that don't really make energy and solar panels that don't really make energy and fucking cars that still run off of electricity. And I don't understand how those are going to be energy efficient over time when, you know, your combustion engine car could have ran for 25 years now. And then these things are going to have to be retired every 10. I don't understand how since there's increased costs in making them, they become energy efficient, like in years five, six, seven, eight, and nine. But then has anyone, I mean, maybe they've done the math on this shit. I don't buy it for one second. Then they make these financial, these arguments that drive me absolutely nuts. Let's pull up this article by Boris Johnson, who warns of judgment from children not yet born. So Boris Johnson warns of judgment from children not yet born if COP26 climate action fails. And how can we never hear this kind of rhetoric about the debt? If, if all of a sudden we're concerned about the punishment to future generations based on our current actions, the planet will be fine. I promise you, if we go full economic growth, we will find a solution to this. And by the way, you want to know how much this whole thing's bullshit? It's like a, a guy in the desert who's screaming that there's no water and he's standing and he's going to die and there's a lake right fucking there. You can go nuclear. You're really concerned about carbon. You can go nuclear as far as I understand and you can end this entire thing. It's over. There's not really a problem here. And if you believed it, we could go nuclear and we'd be 100% fine. So you're just lying to us. You're really concerned? Just go fucking nuclear, right? But then these guys are all saying, hey, listen, the climate, it's going to be over unless we make all these changes. If we're really concerned about future generations, let's stop spending their money. Let, let's go full economic growth. We go full economic growth. We'll find our own solutions. The best example for finding your own solutions, it's like when there was so much fucking shit because you had all, everything was running off of horse and buggies. They didn't shut down horse and buggies. They continued to run businesses. And all of a sudden they invented cars and all the shit from the horse manures was gone. We can evolve past these problems. And we already did. We went full, we went, we fucking used coal until the point that we found a new invention, which was nuclear. And then we could have been totally fucking carbon free, but we just decided not to use that next invention. And let me tell you this, if we just continued burning fucking like oil, we just continued with natural gas, we would find ways to make them cleaner. And I don't even believe that this fucking carbon emissions thing is, is all right. It becomes nuanced. Let's, let's be fair here. It becomes nuanced that there probably is some sort of a contribution by man uh, to climate change, is it enough that we should be freaking out or is it enough that you shouldn't have faith that science will solve a problem long before it's a big problem? I don't think so. There's other evidence to suggest, and I'm going full autistic on global warming because this is, this is an even bigger fight than Corona. Corona was a fucking warm-up round. If you thought the misinformation and all the bullshit that they told us about Corona uh, to, to change our lives, to institute fucking socialism, to tell people that they can stay at home and just send them checks and shut down people's businesses so that fucking, you know, Walmart, Amazon, your big players could just swoop up entire industries because they got to continue working while no one else could. Woo, getting heated here. Uh, this is going to be worse. And there, there's crazy factors. I'm, I'm going, I'm fucking listening to audiobooks and double speed in my car. I'm going to absorb all this information. I'm going to know all of it. But here's some of the shit I already learned this week. 
So one of the things they like to claim is that there's going to be, uh, they always say, you've heard this, G. Mike. They go, hey, there's going to, there's these storms. And we've never had storms like this before. And because the climate's getting worse, we're having more of these firestorms. We're having more of these hurricanes. And so more people are going to be dying. Would you agree that's the picture that they paint is that they're because the climate's getting hotter, we've got more severe weather incidents and more people are dying. Agree. People just like bad weather in general. When you could throw climate change on top of that, it gets people excited. But they try to pretend like more people are dying because of the severe weather incidents. Would you agree with that, that that is the way that it's being portrayed? Yeah, I think less bad weather is now being portrayed as worse weather because it makes like a good story. Here's the crazy stat. You ready for this? Over the last hundred years, weather deaths because of extreme weather are down over 99%. Can you guess why that is? If you had to guess why that is, why do you think that is? Because there's less poor people living in mud huts. Because as you have economic development, you can start growing. You can you can deal with severe weather incidents. And since we've grown so much, even the poor of the world don't live in like fucking huts in the same way that they would. I mean, there's some people, I'm just telling you, deaths are down 99%. You also have carbon. You know what carbon's good for? It's trees. You actually end up with more greens. There's actually a fucking theory out there that the world would have gotten cooler and we would have had another cooling incident if it wasn't for the carbon in the atmosphere. Not to mention the fact they can't duplicate their fucking models and we don't even have enough evidence for a long enough period of time for them to say that man has a... Uh, it, you know, certainly introduced so much carbon into the atmosphere, it's getting hotter or that any like that, you know, indefinitely this bullshit's going to happen. All right. Before I go back into my notes, I've ranted quite a bit. Let's see what the people in the comments have to have to say. Let's start with full grown man. And he's got my back here where he says, great rants. Thank you. As long as full grown men are uh, are giving me uh, are listening. I don't want any children on this show. OK. Arnico Rika says Boris the clown has a crystal ball. Eh, no, he doesn't. He's a fucking moron. All right, let's take uh, let's take let's go up to Liberty Styles. Uh, climate activists don't care about people dying. They see people as cancerous. Uh, you might be somewhat accurate. That is uh, that is uh, I think there is some truth to that. They don't care about human beings. They care more about this idea that for some reason trees are more important than people, uh, and that you know trees that the that there's some inherent value. That they've watched too much Pocahontas. They've watched too many of these fucking movies where it's like, don't disturb the tree. Well, I can turn it into heat and then I can feed a whole bunch of people. Isn't that better? All right, let's take one more. Let's go to bedroom studio magic. COVID Jesus doesn't need science. He has magic. I wish that was true. All right, let's continue. Next quote. This is from an article in The Independent. And it was our children, our children's children deserve nothing less from a generation that did so much to cause the problem. And I agree with whoever wrote this quote. And that's why let's claw back all of the wealth that the baby boomers have sucked out of the economy. Let's quit paying their pensions. Let's quit paying for Social Security. Let's quit paying for their Medicaid. These guys, they they were here when the Fed really boomed and bust this whole fucking thing. They've done nothing but borrow money. They've lived nice lives because of all the money that they borrowed. And I agree. Let's start taking into consideration our kids and our grandkids. And let's stop putting them in debt. And let's claw back the money that we gave over to these booby baby boomers, the booby babers, the baby boomers <laughs> who uh, not only spent the money, but then told us that we were the generation with uh, silver or gold or whatever fucking spoons in our mouth. So and let's and let's let's use more plastic spoons that so we can actually make a dent in the environment. Let's all contribute. You know, if they really think the, that the world's going to end tomorrow, then let's give up. We can all get fat. We can throw more fucking straws in the ocean. We can kill the turtles. 
you know, what the fuck does it matter? Let's spend even more money. The world's going to end unless everybody makes a drastic change and no one seems to be making the drastic train change. Does anyone believe this nonsense? All right, let's continue. I do believe that we are at the end of hearing about Corona. The reason I have this theory is uh, Blake Snyder has two incredible books. He can get rid of uh, this image of this guy who's taking pictures of... Uh, uh, we'll get to that article in a second. You can leave that up. You can leave that up. That's okay. We'll get there soon enough. And then people will look at it. They'll be like, where's he going with this? Why does he have that article up there? Uh, there's this great screenwriting book. If any of you guys are interested in writing movies in any capacity, or you just want to have every movie you've ever watched ruined for you and see how formulaic they are. Blake Snyder has two incredible books, one called Save the Cat. And the other one is uh, Save the Cat Goes to the Movies. Uh, they're quick and easy reads. One of the things he has in there is a concept called double mumbo jumbo and double mumbo jumbo basically says that like people will buy in for one crazy idea. You want to do a movie about like aliens, people will watch a movie about aliens, but you want to make a movie about like an alien who then comes to like earth and he becomes a vampire. It's double mumbo jumbo. The guy's already got alien powers. I don't need to see this guy with vampire powers. You start mixing in too many elements and people, they go, People will suspend their disbelief. They'll buy in for one lie, but you start throwing too much shit at them and it just becomes a little bit too much. They start they start seeing through the story. So I think government can only propagandize for us for like really, you know, like if you want to sell a fucking war, you're right. You can't have everyone believing that there's Corona like you need all the drums going on one fucking topic. And I think when it comes to the Corona thing. Uh, they've somewhat, they've got what they wanted. I, I think that they, they, they pushed the thing as far as they could. And now they're gearing up for 2022. They've got a new storyline for us, which is that the planet's going to end tomorrow and they will run with that so that they can get their ESG score agendas passed. They can get their profit margins. They can have the democratic machine, maybe do cap and trade or whatever other fucking goofy ideas they have so that Al Gore and crucial just individuals can make more money at all of our expenses. Uh, so first is I believe that they are going to move on because I don't think that they can push two giant fear mongering lies at the same time. I also last week, if you would listen to the episode, I was talking about some of the numbers in regards to, um, Corona that, uh, compliance prior to the mandates was at about 50%. And then if you look at the people that had said that they were okay with the vaccine, how many of them would be disinterested in vaccinating their kids or how many of them would be uninterested in getting a booster? Now, here's the thing about government, right? They still, they can't go, they can't push it so far that people go, oh shit, you're clearly evil, right? They don't want too many people to get wind of the illusion that they're not looking to help anybody out in any capacity. That's not what they're looking for because when public, when the public actually gets upset about things, things change. Best example of that was when they uh, reported on the Casahogi murder. Everyone got upset about Saudi Arabia. Or even a couple of weeks ago, there was an article about how the uh, people in power at the Fed, uh, they bailed themselves out of investments that they were had housing markets and junk bond investments, and they bailed themselves out and they, they kind of front run in their own trades. And the whole thing, the fact that anyone was upset about it was ridiculous because they also uh, bailed out BlackRock and Wall Street players. Right. So who like who cares about their million dollar portfolio against the masses that the fucking banks make off the fact that they own the Fed? The entire thing's a conflict of interest. The fact that you're concerned about the couple million dollars that the people in charge of the Fed are making, as opposed to the couple billions and trillions of dollars that the banks are making. We're, we're talking about fucking peanuts. It doesn't it doesn't matter. 
but it got reported on and people got upset. And so it changed. So at some point, like public, like the, the public getting upset about something or everybody realizing that something's a lie that they can't enforce it. And so I think we're getting to a point with the Corona nonsense where I don't know that they're going to be able to continue keeping this entire racket going. And so I have some evidence to support this claim. First is just to recap, it's double mumbo jumbo. I think they want to move on to global warming. And I also think they've milked Corona for what it was worth. And I don't think that they're going to be able to keep this whole thing going. So first is, as I was saying, that part of it is the numbers. It's the compliance. It's what happened with Fauci with Christmas when he said, hey, I'm not sure about Christmas. And everyone said, no, no, you're not taking our Christmas. So look at this. We got 45% of parents say they don't plan to vaccinate their kids. Now let's go to the next article. I have a little piece of a poll in there. If you'll go to the next one, a uh, new survey highlights parents' concerns for vaccinating kids 5 to 11. Scroll down a little bit, Mr. G. Mike. There you go. You have your survey. The first line of the survey, I can't see it. We're going to test my memory here. I only looked at this once. I believe it was about 79% of parents say they were concerned that we don't know the long-term health effects. G. Mike, I can't actually read it. Can you read the first line of the primary concern and the numbers? It's 76% says not enough is known about the long-term effects of COVID-19 vaccine in children. Do you want me to read all of them? You can read the next one. I, I the, the first one was the one that uh, caught my eye, but sure. Second one is 71% say their child might experience serious side effects from the COVID-19 vaccine. All right, read the next one. 66% say the COVID-19 vaccine may negatively impact their child's fertility in the future. There you go. Now, you know, this is a testament to the good work that people spreading disinformation such as myself has done because there's nothing other than the powers that be like the CDC and your doctor saying this thing's safe and effective. They've tested it. They've now run the test and they said it's safe for ages five to 11. And yet 76% of parents said, what? This thing came out a little bit too quick. And I don't, I'm not sure that there won't be long-term side effects. So you know what? Congratulations to all the people like me who have got out there and we've spread disinformation. We've yelled it without our science backgrounds, without knowing what the fuck we were talking about. But we hollered it enough that when it came to their kid, when it came to them, they were like, you know what? Fuck it. I want to be able to leave my house. I want to be able to get back to work. But when it came to their kids, something that people actually, you know, care about, they went, eh, you know what? Maybe this isn't the best of ideas. All right. Another piece of information that I'd like to point everybody to in terms of vaccinating the kids is I think people are fairly aware of the fact that their kids don't actually need this. So, G. Mike, let's pull up the next article. It's the Newsweek article, and I'm, I'm right exactly where I'm going to read, so you don't need to scroll. Scroll down. That's the paragraph right there. So first is it was interesting to me that Newsweek even published this. Generally speaking, I find that Newsweek runs a little bit more liberal, and this would also stand with my theory that I do kind of believe that we're moving on from corona. Uh, as I believe that the story is starting to unwind and places that you wouldn't see making fun of the Corona policy are starting to poke fun at the boosters and articles that you wouldn't have seen written a year ago are now starting to be published. I'd like to read you this paragraph. School closures. School are major transmission points for influenza, but not for COVID. While children do get infected, their risk for COVID death is minuscule, lower than their already low risk of dying from the flu. Throughout the 2020 spring wave, Sweden kept daycare and school open for all its 1.8 million children ages 1 to 15 with no mass testing or social distancing. The result, zero COVID deaths among children and a COVID risk to teachers lower than the average of other professions. In fall 2020, most European countries followed suit with similar results. Considering the devastating effects of school closures on children, 
Dr. Dr. Fauci's advocacy for school closures may be the single biggest mistake of his career. Now, first, that's a pretty uh, compelling piece of uh, information. You can go look up the Harvard doctor who I believe wrote this piece, who also was one of the authors of the uh, Great Barrington Declaration. Uh, go look it up. You know, you don't have to take my word for it. This one was published by Newsweek. So YouTube, get mad at Newsweek on this one. But one, I think it's interesting to me that such articles are now being published in mainstream publications. Two, that would paint a picture that what evidence do they have to suggest that children need the vaccine or that our fear of kids get like it's less than the flu. If it's less than the flu and we've lived our entire lives with kids going to school, even though there was a flu out there and no one gave a shit, why would we be giving them a vaccine? What is the utility of this? Why do they need it? What evidence do you have that kids do need it? And I think a lot of parents intuitively kind of understand, I don't really think my kid's at risk. I don't know why I would give it to them. All right, here's more evidence that I have that there is COVID fatigue, that they've milked it for what it's worth, and we are going to be moving on. Here we go. Politico, they put out a story saying people are over it. COVID vaccines from the campaign trail. They're basically saying, listen, they're, they, they, they're no longer going to run on this storyline. People have had enough about it. Like I've said, they've milked the story. They, they, even if the, the risk is the same as it was six months ago, people are bored of it. They're ready to move on. They, they were like, okay with this storyline of, hey, listen, it's deadly, but we just got to get to the vaccine. You sold them on that thing. They got the vaccine. You're not selling them again on the fact that this thing is so, they're ready to move the fuck on. All right, let's take a look at the next one. This one really caught my eye. This was from the week. World surpasses 5 million COVID-19 deaths as the U.S. settles into a new normal. And then at some point in this article, I, I can't actually like see or read it, but um, at some point the guy says like, we, we just have to understand it is what it is. All of a sudden the death rates aren't going to change. The infection rates aren't going to change. Uh, well, it, 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 nothing needs to change except that they don't fear monger about it. They no longer look at one hospital that's being overrun, not because it has so many COVID patients, but because there were so many people that pushed off their care that you have three or four COVID patients and, you know, a hundred cancer people because they pushed off their care for an entire, and they go, oh, look, the hospital's being overrun. They'll just quit lying. They'll quit panicking about it. It's run its course. They're, they're already changing their tune and going, well, it is what it is. You know, death's going to happen. It's time to move on. And then, of course, last article I'm going to point to, at least for this week of evidence of the fact that I think we're moving on from this. This is an article from The Hill saying that the majority of voters think that Fauci should resign. It's not, hey, Fauci's the greatest guy ever. And why are there racists out there who are calling him mean names? Why is it that there's all these uh, conspiracy theories? It's uh, admitting that most people in the country at this point think he should resign. Uh, and by the way, you think it's just a uh, coincidence that they finally go, oh, yeah, he did fund the gain of function. You think this is coincidence, coincidence that on the same week, you know, uh, Stephen Colbert starts making fun of the booster shots. I mean, call me crazy. Call me. They say that I'm reading too much news and I'm pointing lines and patterns where there aren't any. And I might change my mind a week from now. I got ADD. Don't think I won't change my mind a week from now and go, hey, the global warming thing. They were just working with that for a week. And they're uh, giving up on the ESG scores. But the way I'm seeing it right now, I think uh, I think we're closing out the Corona story and we're moving on to global warming. Uh, and uh, the problem with the global warming thing is the first, as I said, we can go nuclear. Doesn't matter. This entire global warming thing. It's about centralized government control. It's about certain individuals wanting to make sure that they can 
get themselves situated into an economy where there's laws in the books, where only they can profit, where there isn't competition, where there isn't growth. And we're going to keep a lot of people poor. That's what's going to happen. This will lead to death. If you're Greta Thunberg yelling about how dare you and the planet, you know, go tell her that she's advocating for uh, delaying economic growth and for poor people to die. These are not nice people. Uh, they do not care about you and the planet will be fine. And so on that note, because, you know, if this was a little bit of a heated bummer of a chunk. And so I feel like if you if you listen to this and you got too worked up and you still want to be able to, like, have a good evening, that's what your Kratom and your Delta are for. Fucking your Kratom train wreck. You know how good your Kratom train wreck is? That's for people over the age of 21. You take a single pill of that. You line up things you don't like to do. It's 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 a wonderful time. Don't take it daily, but it's a wonderful time. And then I'm a big pot smoker. Uh, I've always been a big, but like, I'm like, for I'm not like a big pot smoker like you guys, big pot smoker. Like when I was in college, I was a big pot smoker. Now every once in a while, I like my marijuana, but I like it. But those yo Delta fucking pens, I was at a wedding the other week and I had to like sneak out and I took it. And then I was just, I was in a great mood. I'm a big fan. Have you, have you gotten your hands on some of your Deltas yet? Uh, we had Delta gummies. Is that yo Delta? Hell yeah. Sent those over. Fuck yeah. They were absolutely delicious. They got me off my ass. I could barely drive. I oh, barely drive. That's great. No, I, I'm, uh, I'm, uh, I'm careful with those Delta gummies, but a fan did hit me up that he bought like, they, they have like a giant bag of them. A fan hit me up that he bought like the giant bag and he's like, these things are legit. Uh, you'll create them $60 kilos. You're not getting a better discount, better deal anywhere. So just go pick up your kilos. If you're going over to Yo Delta, use that promo code RYM and you're going to get 20% off. All right. Before I move on to the next topic, which will be more Corona bullshit. Why don't we, uh, get rid of this financial system. You guys can go look at that article. It was just talking about what I was outlining of this new socialism with ESG scores. Let's take a couple comments. Derek versus the world. I hate being COVID. I don't know what, oh, I hate being cold. What are you cold? Oh, he's saying that he would like it if there was global warming because he doesn't like being cold. All right. Derek versus the world also said that he's pro climate change. I get it. All right. David Mackey said, Climate change is just another money laundering scheme. I believe I believe it, and I agree with you. The Cook Club, you will own nothing. You will protect nothing. All right, fair enough. I think that's, uh, you see, people, I get it. I haven't gone into this whole DeVos, one world order, you know, uh, people will own nothing and they'll be happier for it. Uh, I'm not saying that there aren't unified powers that are in on this global conspiracy or that people have sat down and like they've really planned this thing out. Uh, I just kind of look more at the uh, what I know are the lies in the media and the uh, people that are clearly standing to profit. And so without saying, hey, there's one particular organization that's sitting down, it's the Fed and it's BlackRock as far as I'm concerned and whatever other Wall Street players are sit positioning themselves to profit off this bullshit ESG score nonsense. All right, let's take three more. Uh, the Cook Club, we already read that. So last one is going to be GSML. LC, I'm so happy they forced the Trump jab on me. All right, interesting. I don't know if that guy's saying he actually likes the jab. I'm not sure if he's trying to reframe it that it was a Trump thing and not a Biden thing. Not so sure what that guy's getting it, but you know, I appreciate the passion. All right, here is the newest bullshit from Corona. First article I like to pull up for you is the CNN article about American Airlines canceling flights. G Mike, if you could pull it up for us. American Airlines canceled more than 600 flights on Sunday, saying that it was due to the weather. Now, I just wonder, how is it that some airlines are experiencing severe weather while other airlines aren't? A couple of weeks ago, you had Southwest Airlines 
And they're like, oh, man, there's so many storms out here. We can't. And then everyone else, they're flying all their fucking flights. What is American Airlines? They got 600 flights going into cities with storms that no other airline has storms in. Why is it that I only see it? Or, or is it that CNN doesn't like American Airlines? A couple weeks ago, they didn't like, I think it was Southwest. And now all of a sudden, they don't like, uh, and now all of a sudden, they don't like uh, uh, American Airlines. And so they're going after them. And they're only publishing the fact that uh, American Airlines, they got bad luck. You know, they, they seem to, their pilots, every time they go up there, it's like right out of the Truman Show, where there's just a weather cloud just above their planes. And so they got to turn back around and reland them. Uh, this has been interesting because one of their tactics is to go, you're crazy. Sure, half the country said no to these shots and 67% of people don't want to put it into their kids, but you're crazy if you don't want this stuff. It's just you. Everybody else acknowledges that this is the only way that society can move on and you can save your grandparents. It's only you. You're the only person who's standing behind it. And I can't tell you about this American Airlines thing because I just looked at the headlines and there wasn't a lot of reporting. But I'm willing to guess that this must be the same thing where like some of the firefighters who called in sick or some of the other airlines that all of a sudden had to get their policy overturned in regards to, uh, you know, mandating these COVID shots. I, I think the reason why these people probably had to cancel 600 flights is that there were a bunch of pilots that said, nope, whatever your Corona policy. And I could be totally wrong here. I did not do my homework on this one. G Mike. What's your theory for why these 600 flights were grounded due to weather that no other airline seemed to experience? Uh, maybe they were trying to save money and gas. Uh, I give them the benefit of the doubt. You mean they were just like gas is expensive today. We can't afford the flights at the uh, at the ticket prices that we had put them at. Or maybe they saw that there were too many open seats that day. So they just pretended like there was severe weather to force everyone yeah, to remember like a flights. year ago when they would like send flights up with one person in it. Yeah, that's some bullshit where uh, apparently they have to like reserve their like lot times or something. I don't even know. All right. Uh, next headline. I don't have the story up, but Jen Psaki, she got herself some Corona. And of course, you'll hear from her how, uh, well, since I had the vaccine, I was safe. And if I hadn't had it, I would have spread it to the Bidens. And, you know, it's only because I had it that I was uh, didn't get more sick. Um, all right. So here was the biggest bullshit Corona thing that they pulled all week. They have a problem with their current health policies, which is that if you've already had Corona, the evidence thus far has been to suggest that you are less likely to get COVID again, that having had Corona offers you greater protection than having had the vaccine. And so both um, uh, Fauci was on the news once and they asked him about it and he said, oh, you know, that's a great question. We're going to have to look into that now as to how the chief, the chief of science, science himself could not have an answer or have even thought about the most important issue uh, or the most obvious issue of why would you mandate this for people who have already had Corona? I don't know how the, the resident chief scientist who knows science himself wouldn't have an answer to that, right? And so then all of a sudden the lawyer comes on and uh, Rand Paul's grilling him and he goes, I don't understand why you would have a policy that makes zero scientific sense whatsoever. We've had people that have had Corona we know that they are have better immunity, so why would you discriminate against them? What scientific reason could you possibly have for discriminating against them? This would seem obviously to be an issue of compliance. You know what they did? They just kind of punted. They did what they did. They go, I'm not familiar with that study. We have to consider it. And then all of a sudden, they come out with the study saying that uh, the vaccines are actually five times better than natural immunity. Now, this is very interesting to me. How is it 
that you have an Israel study that says the exact opposite. Now, I'm no science. I'm no scientist. And if anything, I've been a danger to the American people as I've continued to spread so much disinformation that myself and other uneducated individuals have convinced 67% of parents that perhaps these vaccines were rolled out a little bit too quickly and they might have long-term health effects for their kids. And so, you know, I'm a danger to society because there are parents who are now questioning, you know, standard science. All right. So I apologize for the disinformation that I brought forward as a non-scientist, but there's some things that just don't add up to me. So how is it that there was multiple studies, the one from Israel being kind of the, uh, the gold standard thus far to suggest that people with natural immunity have more protection. And then all of a sudden a study comes out from the CDC saying that, uh, you're actually five times better protected. How is that? And like, are they going to compare the studies? Are they going to get the scientists together? Are they going to debate it? Are they going to address how is it that they have a convenient study that seems to uh, really kind of shore up the hole in their their COVID policy? So first is, uh, G. Mike, I'd like you for you to scroll down to the bottom of this study, where uh, I think two paragraphs from the bottom go up a little bit uh, before the acknowledgments. All right. I think the second paragraph down from discussion where it says discussion, I think, uh, can you read that to me? I can't, I can't see it from here. We're going to have to figure out a better setup for next week. Would you mind just reading the beginning of that paragraph? In this study, the benefit of vaccination compared with infection without vaccination appeared to be higher for recipients. All right, let's, that is the wrong paragraph. Let's jump down to the next paragraph and read the first two lines. And if that's not the paragraph I'm looking for, we'll just move on. The findings of this report are subject to at least seven limitations. There you go. And now, how long would you say that paragraph is on the issues of limitations? That's a pretty long fucking paragraph, right, G. Mike? Yeah, that's the whole page. I'm I, To be honest, when you asked me to read it, I got a little nervous. Yeah, because it's an entire page of limitations. At what point is this like a fine print situation where someone says like, hey, you know, if uh, if you sign this contract, I'm going to give you a million dollars. Then there's fine print and you read the fine print and all of a sudden you owe them money. Now, I'm not a scientist and I don't understand the way these documents work, but I'm, I'm just curious to know at what point are these like health models where you go, listen, the following health model is true, but only if you hold for the following limitations. And then all of a sudden, if you actually work through the limitations, like what's left? Now, the other thing that struck my eye about this article is that I have taken the time to read through documents from the CDC. And this one, I couldn't follow in any capacity. They had so many limitations on this thing. I could not follow it whatsoever. And that just kind of caught my eye because it didn't seem like a clear cut study. So now let's pull up the uh, the Israel study, which has been what people have been relying on thus far to say that there is greater immunity. Now, I will say I don't understand just to be fair, just so that I'm not a totally one sided whatever person. Uh, this is a preprint. I don't understand what a preprint is. And then it also says just underneath uh, roll down. Can you read what's in blue up there uh, for us? This article is this article yes. is a preprint and has not been peer reviewed. What does this mean? It reports new medical research that is yet to be evaluated and so should not be used to guide clinical practice. Okay. So just if this was on the other, like if this was pro Corona, I would look at that and go, all right, well, if you're not going to stand by your article, then why is this the signature article? So I will put that as a question on the table for all you scientists out there that have a better understanding of the legalities of uh publishing preprints but this seems to be the article that most people were relying on 
And it also seems to say that, hey, this should not be relied on for clinical practice. So I, I, I question, I put it forward, what, how reliable is an article that's telling you that it shouldn't be relied upon for clinical practice? I don't know. However, I was trying to figure out what is it about the CDC article that seems to completely go against this Israel study that everyone was relying on thus far. Uh, now, what was interesting about the CDC study, like I said, is that it seemed to have a lot of kickers on like the, the groups and how it was using this information. This next section of the show might get a little too technical and boring, but I found an author that a that I thought broke down in an excellent way exactly why the Israel study made sense and why the CDC study was kind of, uh, let's just say, cherry-picking information or putting together a very specific study to have a very specific result. So let's move on to the next uh, the next article. Um, no, 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 go, go one more to the right. Oh, I missed it. All right, wait, let me pull it up on my phone. It's right here. Brownstone articles... All right. I got it. This is it. No, no, I'm going to read it from my phone. So this is from the Brownstone Institute. It's a review and autopsy of two COVID immune studies. I'm not going to read the entire thing, but I am going to read a piece of this. So how effective is immunity after COVID recovery relative to vaccination? An Israeli study by Gazit et al. found that the vaccinated had a 27 times higher risk of um of symptomatic infection than the COVID recovered. At the same time, the vaccinated were nine times more likely to be hospitalized for COVID. In contrast, a CD study by Bozio et al. claims that the COVID recovered are five times more likely to be hospitalized for COVID than the vaccinated. Both studies cannot be right. So in other words, you've got two entirely contradictory studies. How is this possible? I have worked on vaccine epidemiology since I joined the Harvard faculty almost two decades ago as a biostatistician. I've never before seen such a large discrepancy between studies that are supposed to have an answer to the same exact question. In this article, I carefully dissect both studies, describe how the analysis defer and explain why the Israeli study is more reliable. The Israeli study. In the Israeli study, the researchers tracked 670,676 vaccinated people who they knew not to have had COVID and 62,833 unvaccinated COVID-recovered individuals. A simple comparison of the rates of the subsequent COVID in these two groups would be misleading. The vaccinated are likely older and hence more prone to have symptomatic disease, giving the COVID-recovered group an unfair advantage. At the same time, the typical vaccinated patient received the vaccine long after the typical COVID-recovered patient got sick, most COVID recovered patients got the infection before the vaccine was has been available because immunity wands over time. This fact would give an unfair advantage to the vaccinated group. In other words, it's hard to do an apples to apples comparison here. So what do they do to make a fair and unbiased comparison? Researchers must match patients from the two groups on age and time since vaccination slash disease. That is precisely what the study authors did, matching also on gender and geographic location. So just to let you know, how much they had to weed out these two groups. They started out with 673,000 vaccinated people and 62,000 unvaccinated. And in order to get to a group that they could do a fair comparison, they brought that down to 16,215 individuals who had recovered from COVID and 16,250 match individuals who were vaccinated. They follow these groups over like a period of time. And then just to kind of cut this short, because, you know, you guys can read this on your own time. I don't need to board you with too much brownstone in information. But essentially, they figured out how to create a fair comparison between the two groups. And they found out that the unvaccinated uh, had 20 were 27 times, uh, I guess, more protected. I don't know if I said that in the right way. The CDC study, however, only 
compared people once they were in the hospital. Now, as to why the like, so they had a very specific group. I'm tiring myself out here. You guys can go read this Brownstone Institute piece. All I'm saying is it seems to me like the CDC came forward with a uh, dishonest study to try and now push the fact that even if you've been vaccinated, it would be beneficial to get a shot. They don't tell you. Well, I guess they're coming up with this number of um, five times greater. All right. Now. Let's move on from just pointing out to you how I believe that the CDC is misrepresenting information. Oh, except that there's one quote that I want to read from the uh, uh, while uh, from the lady who's the head of the CDC. CDC Director Rochelle Walensky in a statement accompanying the study said, we now have additional evidence that reaffirms the, the importance of COVID-19 vaccines, even if you had a prior infection, which they needed this study. Because a month ago, their COVID policy made z not only oh, listen, it always made zero sense. But even like according to their standards, they had absolutely no scientific support for a policy being instituted that people that had already had Corona should still be getting a vaccine. Now they seem to have come up with a report to say that there is some utility. And so it, it since it offers some better protection, you should still get it. I'm calling bullshit. Do I have a full understanding of why it's bullshit? No, I'm over my head on this one, but you guys are smarter than I am. Uh, so I, I laid out some of the information. You can go read that Brownstone article for yourself. Now I'd like to conclude the episode with some complete and total hearsay. Thus far, we haven't taken one look at side effects. All we've done is we've taken a look at the misinformation. We've looked at what the CDC has said. We've looked at the Pfizer studies that got this thing approved. We've looked at what they've said about ivermectin. We've looked at every single piece of information they put out. And we've broken down why we thought they were lying to us and just said, why would you trust these people when they're clearly lying? Uh, this, let's just go with this. A random video came across my Twitter. Have I researched the accuracy? No, in zero capacity. Is it still interesting? Absolutely. Let's see what this lady has to say. With respect to aviation safety, risk communication is critical. I saw five patients in clinic two of which presented with chest pain days to weeks after vaccination and were subsequently diagnosed with pericarditis and worked up to rule out myocarditis. The third pilot had been vaccinated and felt like he was drunk, chronically fatigued within 24 hours after vaccination. The pilot told me he didn't know what to do, so he drank a lot of coffee to try and, quote, wake himself up and continued to fly until he realized it wasn't going away. After I reported to my command, my concerns that in one morning I had to ground three out of three pilots due to vaccine injuries. The next day, my patient patients were canceled. My charts were pulled for review and I was told that I would not be seeing acute patients anymore, just healthy pilots there for their flight physical. All right. You guys can go fact check that for me. Robsnewsroom at gmail.com. Or if you have other uh, stories of uh, people reporting in on the fact that uh, it would seem that behind the scenes, they're trying to manipulate the information to, you know, make the vaccines look like they better, they are better than they are. Robsnewsroom at gmail.com. I have one more incredible piece of misinformation for you. But before we do, I have to plug sheath underwear, which I've yet to plug this entire episode. And my God, do I love my sheaths. And you use a promo code RYM, you'll get 20% off. Why do I love my sheaths? Well, you guys already know. It separates the dick from the balls. It's very supportive. I ride my bike a couple days a week, and man, my, my shit was chafing. My shit, it already curves a whole bunch, and then it gets wedged in there. And then if I'm wearing old Fruit of the Looms that I've watched hundreds of times, 
and it's got holes in it. And, and like, it gets to the point where it's almost like sandpaper. And then you're in your bike shorts, you're going like this and your wieners are kind of like wedged over your leg. And then it's just, it's fucking chafing, 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 chafing. It's no good. And then you want to go home and you want to jerk off at the end of a ride and you're, you're jerking off. We're already chafed dick. It's a nightmare. And then, and then you already have, cause you were sitting on like your bum the whole time and you're kind of like up in that area. So it takes a little while to even get the, like the jizz uh, at like going. It, it takes it cause you've been like wedging on your nuts you know, for a while on a bike ride, I love bike riding though. And you know what? I might even, I might even include, I'll put a nice fall picture. I like to, I like to pause and take a moment and look at pretty trees. And I've been taking very nice fall pictures while I'm out on my fall rides. Uh, but I was trying to tell you about sheath underwear. So I put my dick into that sheath hole. The fabric's better, keeps everything in place. I, I don't have a chafing issue. I can, I can bike as long as I want, take as many pictures of pretty trees as I want. And th there's no chafing whatsoever. So, uh, I can promise you if uh, if you're a briefs guy or you've been a guy who just likes hanging and letting things flop all over the place, you're going to thank me. You go to Sheath, you use promo code RYM, you're going to get 20% off. And for those of you coming to Skankfest, Sheath will be there. And I know that they will be selling underwear. Uh, you can hang out with Robert. Robert's the man. He's going to be manning the booth. He's been on this podcast before. So go to sheathunderwear.com, use promo code RYM. You are going to get 20% off. And then one more thing before we get into this last piece of misinformation for you guys. Uh, I got tour dates. I'm running the end of year special. So go to RobbieTheFire.com slash shows. I've got links for it all. Pedaling Fiction with the, um, I'm sorry. I'm in Mexico with the Pedaling Fiction guys. Uh, I've got Albany. I've got Atlanta, Chicago, uh, New Hampshire. Might get a Connecticut one on the books with the Mises guys over there. Uh, a whole bunch of shows, all sorts of cities got any questions you hit me up on any social media platform and i'm happy to answer your questions go ahead you can show them my uh my pretty website there it is you get some you got some pictures that one's me with kyle ruff that one's me in front of some dumpsters i'll get some more pictures up there you got links to everything so uh uh robbiethefire.com slash shows all right g mike we're about to call an episode let's pull up the last piece of misinformation from them and then let's pull this right down from youtube before they uh flag my channel so this, a couple of fans sent to me today. It is an article in BMJ. Once again, how much research can I do? How reliable is this? You guys can go do your own homework. Uh, but there is reports here that Pfizer used a particular uh, service or lab in order to run the uh, vaccine studies. And there are people that were fired from that service who are now blowing whistles going, hey, this was not a good study. We clearly were rushing. We clearly didn't do our best work. And uh, not to say that there are clearly issues uh, no, like not in other words, it's not to say that they were sitting there and just logging that there were all sorts of adverse effects. Uh, but the lab probably wasn't being run in a above board way to say that they ran full tests or that they were being responsible. Uh, you can once again, do your own research article came out and I'm highly interested if, firstly, if anyone wants to debunk either this or the video I just played, or you have come across more instances online of clearly people engaging in data manipulation, I think that covers this week's issue of Run Your Mouth, Mr. G-Pod. Anything that you want to throw out there for the nice folks listening to the show before we call it an episode? No, good episode. That's it. All right. Fair enough. Coming out with me and G Mike and Skank Fest. We're going to be there. We're going to be sucking each other's dicks. We're in sheets. So, you know, if you want to get in on that, you're uh, more than welcome. Yeah. Let's suck dick and talk vaccines in Texas. Fuck yeah. That's what I'm talking about, dude. And, but well, like, you got to suck dicks at the end of the night so you got the energy to fucking yell about the vaccine. I want to be tired after yelling about the vaccines. Dang it, my dick sucked. Because if I get my dick sucked first, 
I'll be like, I'll get a vaccine. I don't give a shit. I just got my dick sucked. Yeah, I'll do anything to get my dick sucked. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> you want to do some mRNAs, girl? Let's do. Let's do some fucking mRNAs. All right, wait, wait. Let's take a couple comments. Then we'll uh, then we'll call an episode. We're gonna skip the bottom of the bottom. Derek first. The world says it's hopeless. He also says people know they are wrong and uh, they don't care. Uh, Anarika peer review isn't nearly as ironclad as they would have us believe. All right. And then let's make this the last comment of the day. Cook club. I really respect what you're doing, Robbie. If there's any way of stopping clown world, is there any way, if there is any way, I don't know if there should have been a question mark there. <laughs> uh, it's by doing what we're doing, waking up people by just showing them what's in the headlines. You know what? I'm doing what I can. Robbie, the fire.com slash shows come hang out. And, uh, you know, let's yell about vaccines together. That's our show. Have a good one. Later, dudes.